1981, the year I was born and the start of the millennial generation, a podcast for the next wave of venture capitalists. This is Fund 81. Hey, y'all. I'm Elizabeth Krause, a founding partner at Merge Lane. Merge Lane invests in exceptional startups and venture capital funds. And because gender diversity just flat out increases performance, we only invest in opportunities that have at least one female leader. My guest today is Nicole DeBoom, pro triathlete turned founder and CEO of Skirt Sports, an amazing company that we'll talk about later. But I invited her to talk today about how to fit fitness into a startup schedule. So as a lot of you know, I love being active and outdoors, but I also have extremely high professional aspirations. And I've spent the last 16 years trying to figure out a way to fit fitness into my life in a way that feels spacious and supportive to my business, my relationships, and my health. And Nicole interviewed me a couple weeks ago about some lessons learned there. And unless you're driving, stop now and go listen to that episode. It's episode 139. But if you are driving, just keep listening. We'll catch you up and maybe you can listen to it later. And and while you're there, subscribe to her podcast. So, you know, as entrepreneurs, we have these top and bottom of the roller coaster moments, and her podcast is what I listen to when I'm at the bottom, and without fail, it lifts me up. Nicole, thanks for being here. Um, really cool intro. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for being here. <laughs> uh, so... To frame our conversation, just give us the 30-second elevator pitch for Skirt Sports. Oh, yeah, for sure. Starting Skirt Sports, it's interesting because it kind of started alone in my head. It was an idea I had on a run to make sure that I wasn't sacrificing the feminine side of myself when I was out there training and racing as a pro triathlete because all the apparel options at the time were very unisex and not very cute. And and I truly believe that when you look good, you feel good. And when you feel good, you perform better. And for me, it was all about a feeling, right? Mm. Trying to gain that confidence. So that idea turned into, well, maybe, maybe I'm actually talking about starting a clothing company. And, and while as scary and overwhelming as that is, I, um, I pursued it and I'm glad I did because we're going on our 15th birthday this year. But, uh, if you rewind 15 years in September of 2004, I won a big race, biggest race in my career. It was the Ironman Wisconsin wearing a prototype of the product that would become like our founding product and a new category in, in active wear, which was the running skirt. And when I won that race coming across the line first in that skirt, it was like, oh my gosh, I think my identity just changed on the race course from athlete to something new. <laughs> At the time, I didn't know it would be entrepreneur, but, but it was. Hmm. So yeah, we, we launched officially, sold skirts into market in, in early 2005. And uh, we're rolling. We make a lot more than skirts now. So yeah, it's been a fun roller coaster ride. Talk about the ups and downs. You know, I listen to my own podcast sometimes on the down moments because I need voices like yours from episode 139 to uh, help propel me forward too. Hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you grew up swimming, 
went to the Olympic trials in 88 for swimming, swam for Yale, started skirt sports after winning Ironman Wisconsin in a skirt. So obviously fitness has been a big part of your life, but you know, now as an entrepreneur, what is your biggest challenge in fitting fitness in? You know, it's, it's the actual doing of it. It's the scheduling of it. You know, I'm not going to do it if I wake up and I'm like, hi, I guess I'll squeeze a workout in at some point today. I actually have to plan my day. Usually I plan it around when I'm going to do my workouts. And I know that sounds kind of weird because the business is sort of my top priority, but working out isn't a priority. It's a necessity for me. And it doesn't have to happen every single day, but most days it does. So I actually have to plan it in. Once I know when and what I'm going to do that day, I plan everything else around it and everything goes great. Hmm. Well, usually. Not not great. Okay, that's an exaggeration. It doesn't always go great, but at least I got that that one thing in that stabilizes me. How about you? Yeah, well, it's funny that you're asking this, this now because my day today did not exactly go as planned. And I've been I've been doing a much better job of scheduling space for unexpected things into my life. But this week, I did not do as good a job as I would have liked. And I normally swim at 7 a.m. and had some stuff that I needed to get done and didn't get my swim in at 7 a.m. And normally my routine is I swim at 7 a.m., I go back home, I get some work in, I get some food in me, take a shower. That kind of got blown up. So, But I was not going to give up my swim. So I swam at 8 a.m. after I got the stuff out at the door that I needed to get done. I skipped going home. I have not showered today. But... (laughs) Well, you smell good because you smell like chlorine. I smell like chlorine. Yes, exactly. I smell like chlorine. (laughs) But I'm here and I got my workout in and I'm happy to make those other sacrifices. You know, I love what you just said about making sure that you schedule time for the things you don't know are going to happen that happen. And I remember when I was starting skirt sports, my dad once told me he was kind of one of my business mentors. He said, Oftentimes, the biggest line item on your P&L is miscellaneous. It's the thing you don't know that's going to happen. It's the lawsuit. It's the, you know, who knows what's going to come out of left lane, right? I think that's really interesting that we don't take that approach in life of like having a little line item for the, for the things you don't know are going to happen each day. We cram our days full to the minute. And we that do. doesn't leave any room for error. That's tough. We're too much of A-types over here. Mm. Yeah, it's in our culture. We wear busy as a badge of honor. You know, that sounds like a good lesson that you learned. Are are there other things that you've shifted over the last 15 years in your approach to getting fitness into your day? Yeah, Um, well, maybe there's one big shift which is I have to redefine constantly what fitness means to me or what a certain level of fitness means to me. So it used to be when I was a pro triathlete that I did my two or three workouts a day to working towards achieving a certain like race goal, right? And now fitness isn't necessarily about winning a race. I barely ever do races anymore. It's more about finding health and balance for my body, which I know makes my mind more clear. 
and helps my mind function better on a daily basis. So that's my one number one thing over the past 15 years is letting go of that idea that there has to be a certain structure around my fitness. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And it's not about like going easy on myself, you know, but it's, I don't know, it's getting rid of a little more of the competitive nature of fitness and allowing myself to approach it in a different way, which allows me to then be more flexible, which allows me to get it into my life easier. Mm-hmm. So if I was like, yeah, I have to, well, you said it this morning, you're going to the pool. Pools are hard. You're working off a pool schedule and your schedule and you got to drive to a pool, put on cap and goggles, change and all that stuff, right? But if if you could say, you know, today I want to get in some kind of cardio, then maybe if the pool schedule threw you for a loop or you couldn't get there, maybe it's a hike that day or something like that that just allows you a little bit more room for flexibility. That's what I've had to do. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've done similar things. And I think the thing that I've really learned over my journey is that there's times for everything. So... This weekend, I did the first triathlon that I've done in eight years. Oh, my gosh. Which one? Boulder Peak, your favorite. Oh, why wasn't I watching and cheering you on? That was like my world championships. <laughs> <laughs> it brought back a lot of memories. So on, on the last episode, I shared that uh, I saw Nicole DeBoom win Boulder Peak Triathlon and, and thought she was so cool. So pretty excited <laughs> to be here. But... <laughs> Anyhow, you know, well, going back to competition, I've had to learn to become competitive with myself because I can't be competitive with the elite athletes. It's just not in my cards. And the last time that I did a triathlon eight years ago, I decided, okay, this is not what I should be doing right now because I really, really... I'm a slow biker. It's a struggle for me. (laughs) (laughs) And I have, you know, come to terms with that. But I was just in a time in my business that things were really tough. And I'm on this ride in the Boulder Peak Tri. And this woman with, you know, they put the your age on your leg. So you know how old everyone is that passes you. No joke. This woman who was 72, passed me on a mountain bike, and I'm on my really nice road bike, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought, I'm done with this sport for a while. This is just too much. And on Sunday, I did pretty well on the swim, respectable, get on the bike. Everyone is passing me. Brutal. And in this Boulder Peak Triathlon, there's this big hill called Old Stage. It's a really steep hill. And... I am just getting past left and right, but I have more endurance than speed. And people started walking. And I was like, yes, I am killing these walkers. <laughs> but what I learned in that is that, you know, I'm at a different place in my business now. I really enjoyed that race because I don't need to feel like I'm winning all the time and things outside my business. That is that's a great way to put it. It's kind of a humbling thing or it's an e- it's like a letting go of ego or something but like maybe it's just a shift of where your competitive juices are going. Like we only have so much to give. Right. So you're going to be extra competitive as a wife? 
you can be extra competitive, you know, in your sports, you can be extra competitive in your business. Like where is your focus at that point in your life? So that makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. And you could enjoy the race more. Like you said, you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was fun. It was oh great. Oh my gosh. So and, cool. And the last thing I'll say is it still gave me that competitive edge that I like because, you know, I'm built to be an entrepreneur. I am competitive. And when my I came home, my husband said, how'd the race go? I said, it was great. I only threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's quite a benchmark. It's like, no, that means that I left it all on the field. I just ran into that finish line as fast as I could. Felt so good. Oh, that's so funny. But but anyway, uh, (laughs) enough about my triathlon. Uh, So, do you feel guilty when you take time to work out? Yeah, I do sometimes, but not always. And um, it's all self. You know, it's self-imposed. And the guilt that I feel isn't necessarily because I'm neglecting my business. It's because I might be neglecting the other big part of my life, which is my family or primarily my daughter. And maybe my husband too. I don't know. But (laughs) what's really cool is I have a president who is an amazing woman. Her name is Sarah Vernon Bruner. And she has been with Skirt Sports since the second year. She started in 2006 in the warehouse lifting boxes and um she basically has held almost every position in the company and now she's our president and um and she knows me really well from a working relationship and and even deeper and she basically said a few years ago or maybe longer she just said nicole first of all I, I was I was expressing concern that I struggled to pay attention and <laughs> stay focused after like an hour in the office at meetings. And she was like, I don't think it's that so much. I think you just might not really be much of an office person. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. I think you're right. You know, get me in a different environment. Get me out walking on a hiking trail and I can have a probably a more quality meeting than sitting around a conference table where I basically start bonking. Like mm-hmm. literally, I could probably be taking power gels in office meetings to keep my mind more, you know, it with, with the moment. Um, but she also said to me, you, I know this about you and you need to accept it about yourself. You have to get your workouts in. If you don't get your workouts in, you're not as productive. And when someone else can validate that for you that you really respect and that really helps take any potential guilt away from you doing that thing. So I appreciated that a lot from her. So the guilt I ever have is just because my to-do list is longer than this table, you know, and it's just squeezing all the things in and constantly prioritizing that's that's it but when it comes down to am I not going to work out at all because I'm trying to check another thing off the list it's not going to help me be more productive I need to go work out so I don't know long answer but but it does help when other people can can help validate that kind of thing for you and it, it takes some of that pressure off yeah I I agree and having supportive partners and family and all those things make it a big difference but I mean I've seen photos of you and Sue working out together Mm -hmm. so you guys both get it but she understands like your more extreme side or need of including fitness doesn't she she does yeah yeah and Sue is my partner for those of you that who don't know um but but I'm curious so you know you you've taken on investors at 
skirt sports and you you and tim are investors in the merge lane fund and so i you know i'm constantly balancing this commitment that i've made to our investors to the world basically and saying that we think investing in women will outperform <laughs> it's it's a big it's a big uh, thing to tackle but I'm a little bit afraid to ask this question, but as an investor in MergeLine who knows how much time I spend working out, how do you think about that? Does it give you pause? Yeah, that's interesting. I, if I wasn't an athlete, I might. It might give me pause. Or if I didn't understand that part of the how the physical and mental and emotional are all connected, but I do understand it. And I think the people listening are listening who are somewhat well-rounded people and probably all struggling with maintaining their own health in addition to doing great things in business. Um, but I'm also like you, you know, I come from a long life of intense athletics. It's going to be a part of my life. And so I think what happens when you, when you add layers of responsibility to other people, that's what can add layers of like guilt, I guess, or projected guilt, right? Like if I go work out, am I letting other people down? Okay, so why? Because what would you do if you weren't working out? Would you really do more? Would you really get more done? Would you be more efficient and productive? And um, we don't really know the answer because we're choosing to go work out. But I have had days personally where I have chosen not to and I often find myself spinning. I'm less productive. I get more distracted by every email that comes in because I don't have to be as focused. So for me, if your body's not strong, your mind is not strong. You have to keep both things going. And at the end of the day, what's right for you is right for the business. What's best for you Elizabeth Krause, what's best for me, Nicole DeBoom, is going to be best for my business. If I can keep myself healthy, my business has a better chance of being healthy. So that's how I kind of think about it. So I think it's interesting, like, it's hard to ask those questions, too, of other people when you're like, oh, my gosh, I've let her in behind the curtain. She knows I'm a little crazy sometimes. You know, I mean, we all are, right? But... um but I, I don't know. I think it wor it's working for you. A different formula wouldn't work for you. Yeah, I, I think about this a lot. You know, I, I love skiing and I always got my best grades in college during ski season because it forced me to be really efficient. And, and that's how I operate now. Uh, but, but I, you know, go in and out of balance on things and have to check myself. But one of the things that helps is that there's a lot of benefits to my fitness and integrating fitness into my work, to my business. And I'm assuming you found that too. Are there things that have really benefited skirt sports that you want oh, to talk yeah. about? Oh yeah. So first of all, like fitness, it's like, it's my baseline. It's always been the place where my brain opens up, gets clearer it frees my brain to think about the big picture. And um, it's when I had my idea for skirt sports was on a run. I always have this magic moment of like roughly 20 minutes into a run. And it needs to be like a run or a hike or, or sometimes a bike ride, you know, where you really 
aren't thinking about anything, nothing. And all of a sudden you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not thinking about my to-do list. I'm not thinking about, you know, how mad I am about this, that, or whatever, or all the things I have to get done tonight or cooking dinner, blah. So all of a sudden you're like, my mind is free. It's that kind of meditative moment of like, oh, and then the good thoughts start to come. And if, if I don't allow myself those times to free my mind, I don't have the good ideas. Even with my own podcast, I actually need to go out and do a hike before I think about how I want to frame the podcast. You know what I mean? It's like I need those moments of clarity and I have them for skirt sports all the time. I'll go out on a hike or a run and I'll say, you know, we need to be thinking about the spring 2021 line. Like what's really going on in the world right now? What are, what are people doing? Young women, older women, like how are they recreating out there? And I'll start to watch and let things and just sort of simmer, right? And that's when the good ideas come. And I have so many of those magic moments. And the cool thing is we now have phones so we can like write them down or speak into our phones and, and actually document those thoughts before they slip away. But before phones, I used to say to myself, hold on to three thoughts, just three. Like you had a lot of thoughts out here. Just try to remember three. When you get back down, you can write them down, <laughs> you know? I like that because... I try not to take my phone with me because if I open it up to write a note, I end up in five emails. I also find that runs and bike rides and swimming are are some of my best sources of creative inspiration, but I can't get out of my head in those things, no matter how far I go. And for me, I've had to find other forms of fitness and I've to get out of my head. And I, I now see that as a necessity because, you know, I love my work. It's the first thing I think about when I wake up. It's the last thing I think about at night. And I've had to do things like choreographed <laughs> fitness. So we, oh, we, so like just like somebody telling you what to do so you don't have to think too much kind right. of stuff. Okay. And something that's complicated. So my mind can't wander in between movements. So, so one of my favorite things is a class called Soul Sweat. If you're in Boulder, they teach it at Alchemy of Movement. Oh, I've heard about that place. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> it's very dancey, but you have to pay attention to the instructor because they move fairly quickly through things. We do this thing each year called the Funderator. So companies that we're seriously considering for investment come into Boulder if it's optional and it's free of charge and we don't take any equity, but it's a way for us to really figure out if we want to invest in companies and whether they really want us to invest. And so in November, we did this fundraiser, and it was a particularly intense week. We, we just went through a lot of tough, but really good stuff. And on the last day I said, we're going to take everything off our schedule and go to Soul Sweat. And I made 32 people come to Soul Sweat with me. And I was kind of nervous about it. You know, it's pretty contrary to typical business 101. But so many people came up to me afterward and said, oh my gosh, this was just life altering for me. Well, and we're many of those people like athletes or, you know, do they include fitness in their lives on a daily basis? It was a complete mix 
Yeah. Because that it can be eye-opening. First, it's intimidating. People are probably nervous. Um, but but how cool is that when you finish an intense mental week, mental and emotional week with like a physical, I don't know, just like in a physical event to kind of seal the deal. It brings it all together. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Wow. Hmm. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come with you. So what are some of your other favorite types of fitness for different things that you need to accomplish in your life, like mind clearing, et cetera? Yeah. So, you know, uh, when I raced as a triathlete, it was swimming, road riding, and kind of like road running, right? So now in my next chapter of life, (laughs) I traded in the swimming, I do stand up paddle. It's so fun. I love it. I love it. It's like all transverse abdominis. You're like core out there and then you're like balancing the whole time and our boards are inflatable so they're like not super wide and stable so you're constantly on edge and um, I love it. I traded in my road bike for a mountain bike. It's much scarier for me but the roads are scary to me now. So you just get out there and I always just think, hey, I don't want to kill myself. So if I don't think I can go over a rock or down or I'm just going to put my foot out of the pedal, big deal. And I get out there and enjoy it in a different way. And I traded in my, my like hardcore running for hikes and, and trail running. And it's awesome. And I love those things for that more like meditative or mind freeing activity for me. But I also need my hardcore stuff. So I do hit workouts on my own. Love it. Got addicted a few years ago with this class called Fit Wall that they taught at Rally Sport. I don't take it anymore just because of moving and life change. But um, I love it. It's hard. And it, it you just kill yourself for a half hour, right? And then I love, I joined Core Power. And so I do both like the yoga flow type classes and their sculpt class, which you can make these classes as hard as you want. And I will say... When I was a hardcore endurance athlete, I thought yoga was a joke. I thought it was like stretching and why would you want to do anything where you weren't breathing hard, right? And um, I find yoga, the flow type yogas, to be really challenging, like harder for me than the jump around with weights kind of yoga class they have because you have to hold your poses. And when your mind does wander, you fall, you have to keep your mind on the task at hand. And it's harder for me to hold an easy pose than to lift a bunch of weights. So I'm finding like, I'm just finding joy in the change. I like variety, you know, and um, and I don't know where I'm going to evolve next, but I did pick up skate skiing and I'm going to pick up downhill skiing. And one day I'm going to get off the bunny hill and I'm going to ski with you and you'll take a day where you just go on a green and blue runs with me <laughs> And you'll enjoy it. Okay, we got that? Are we on? All right. If I do that, it'll be a really big deal to get, get me on those greens and blues. You'll know how much I okay. really love you. How about I won't do the greens? Okay. I'll do the blues. It's a deal. And maybe I could do like an easy black. Great. And on a beautiful sunny day, that's not a powder day. Awesome. Okay, great. Done. All right. <laughs> so I learned some lessons in trying to fit fitness in the hard way. And one of them, I was reminded of you saying this, and and I've heard you say this too. So I would, I love that intensity of the workout. Like 
high intensity training type classes. And I would go straight from my computer to a class like that. And, you know, I wasn't a pro athlete, so I didn't have a lot of the baseline strength needed to get into a CrossFit type class, but I loved, you know, pushing myself to the edge in classes like that. And I have all sorts of injuries that have taken forever to get over. So I'm curious, have you learned other lessons like that? And how do you think about it? Well, I think it comes down to respect. Like, in so many ways, you have to respect your abilities, your body, your age, your, are you getting sick? You know, like, what do you really need? Can you really get by with five hours of sleep a night? You know, like, respect that stuff. But at the end of the day, it comes, it, it also comes down to like respecting the activity you're about to do. Um, an example for me is when I was done with triathlon, but I was still really needed big goals. And so I thought, well, okay, it's my first year of business. I'm rolling along. I'm not going to do another Ironman, but you know what? I'll just do a marathon. I'll just do a marathon. Like that's just a marathon, right? But to me, it was just a marathon because there was no 2.4 mile swim or 112 mile bike before it. So I pretty much kind of trained for longer run. And then I remember going out and doing this marathon and suffering so hard. It was the New York marathon in 2005. And I went out like I was a pro athlete still. And I think I went close to my fastest half marathon ever. And then the second half was 30 minutes slower than the first. I was walking and crying by the end, literally. And I just realized that I didn't respect the distance. I didn't respect the training. And, um, if you're no matter what it is you do, again, it's all relative just think about it a little more and and think about what you really need to put in if if it matters to you and if it does like respect it and do the right thing yeah i have had to learn similar lessons and i sometimes find it hard to figure out if i should stay in bed or just get myself out of bed and get going because you know, 90% of the time, if I get out of bed, get to the gym, I feel so much better. It changes the trajectory of my entire day. But sometimes I get out there and figure out I actually should have had another hour of sleep. So do you have any tips on how to figure out whether to get an extra hour of sleep or to get a workout in? Yeah, I think that's one of the big um, struggles for all entrepreneurs because our minds do work 24 hours a day often in our dreams too, you know? <laughs> and, um, sometimes we're woken up in the middle of the night as well and kept awake thinking about, oh my gosh, what if we can't meet payroll? Oh my gosh, what if this happens? You know, you just can't shut your brain off. So, and then you throw in, you know, on my side, I had a kid seven years ago and I've never slept the same again. And one of my biggest fears was that, my sleep would become a problem and it was because I had a bad sleeper. That's a real thing and it can make you sick. And at the end of the day, like I'm not a sleep expert. I want to have a sleep expert actually on my show sometime. But I do know that if you don't get enough sleep, you will get sick eventually. Your body will shut down and your brain doesn't work well enough. So there's a line there. Do you get an extra hour or skip the hour, I think you can go either way on that some days. You know, if you've already hit snooze twice, you're done. Just go back to bed. Forget it. But like, if you're laying there questioning, get up, 
just get up and do it until too many days go by and you start to feel run down. And I think the trick here is just learning to really listen to your body. You know, for me, one of the biggest signs is when I become kind of bitchy or crabby, you know, like on a, or short or frustrated too quickly. It's not usually the other person or situation. It's usually me being on edge. I'm either deficient in food, drink, or sleep, you know? (laughs) So it's really a lesson even from the race course and from being an athlete, you know, you're, when you're kind of bonking because you haven't had enough sleep, you need to learn what that line is. And you usually can't learn that line until you've crossed it and gotten sick or, you know, injured or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, I've found that routine really helps because I'll know, okay, well you, Today's a good example. You always swim on Fridays. You always feel a little bit tired in the morning, but when you get there and get going, you feel better. It just makes it easier to get out of bed. And then I know if I don't take two days to recover a week, I my body just starts to break down. And And I think one of the lessons that I really learned, so I was on the University of Colorado triathlon team. I was a very, very mediocre recreational athlete, but it was, (laughs) it was a great experience because I got to be with elite athletes in the process and learn a lot about exercise science. But our schedule was always three weeks hard and then one week really pretty easy. And I think that there's a lot of truth to that because when you schedule in your recoveries, it helps you perform better and it also helps you know whether you're going too far or not because you know, okay, if I don't schedule this now, I'm going to bonk next week. We should probably define bonk for non-endurance athletes too. Oh, that's true. You know, it's kind of that idea of you, you hit the wall, like you don't even see it coming and all of a sudden you have no energy your mind isn't thinking straight, your body's falling apart. It's like a common word with runners, you know, they might consider like in a marathon, you always bonk at like mile 22, you know, let's say it's just done, the wall is there. And if you're watching crazy footage of an, you know, endurance event, you may literally see people running in the next second, they're on the ground, like it comes fast. But there are signs and you can figure them out, but usually you have to bonk once or twice in order to know what those signs are. So now I know when I'm crabby, I'm short, I'm frustrated too easily, you know, whatever, I know something's not right. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense. And um, I don't know, I was thinking more about this as we were talking and this idea of periodization, which is what you're talking about, like you go three weeks hard and then you have an easy week. As we get older, that periodization generally needs to get shorter. So maybe it's not a week anymore or three weeks anymore. It's more like, you know, 17 days, two and a half weeks hard and then a week easy. For me by now, it'd be two weeks hard and a week easy because you just, your body needs more time to recover as we get older. So that's another thing to keep in mind here is that it seems like you nailed it and then it changes. So hence another reason to get really in tune with your body. And all of this can also relate to your mind and can relate to your business as well. Yeah. And, you know, to build on this motivation theme, 
I'm curious what else gets you out of bed to get you to work out and and maybe more importantly how do you motivate yourself to shut down your computer and get out the door oh it's hard It's funny, um, sitting behind you, I had these three goals from last year that are still up on the wall. And one was learn to surf. And the next one was have more day dates with Tim, like schedule them in. And the third one, it says, turn off screens one hour before bed. That shouldn't be that hard. It's really hard. It's super hard for me. Um, I still haven't achieved that goal from last year, but the other ones, I, you know, I did. Woo! Still doing the Tim one here. <laughs> but, you know, what motivates me to get out the door and keep moving is that I know when I don't, my mind isn't as strong. I know that when my body is fit and strong, my mind is fitter and stronger too. I know that about myself. So... When I find myself slacking off or deciding not to work out because I think something else is more important or sometimes I, it's not even a decision. My kid gets sick. I have to stay home. You know, like things happen in life, right? We're throwing curveballs. I'm not going to do steps up and down my basement stairs just to try to get my workout in unless I absolutely have to. But there's also a motivation for me of like, I do want to fit in my clothing. You know, I, um, I grew up in a swimsuit. I was a swimmer growing up. Um, I, I definitely had issues with my own body image growing up and had to overcome those. And, um, and I don't think I really did until after I was done racing as a pro triathlete. And I will say it's probably because no one was looking at me for the same reason anymore. And especially after I got pregnant and my body really changed and I started looking at my body in a different way, um, now I accept it more. But I still like to feel good in it. And when I get too flabby or gain a few extra pounds here and there and I don't fit in my clothing anymore, it annoys me because my skin folds over the top of my waistband or whatever and call it vanity or whatever. I just call it comfort at this point in my life. I want to be comfortable. I want to feel good. I want to be able to like get in and out of the car without holding the side of the car to pull myself in or out of the car, which happens when your core goes to crap and you stop working on it, you know? So again, it's that like, you know, when you've kind of hit your little like rock bottom and we all go in cycles and especially women, sometimes we go in monthly cycles with our bodies, but you know, when you hit your little rock bottom for whatever phase you're in and you're like, all right, I got to put the hammer down and get more disciplined. So it's kind of a long answer about what motivates me. Some are short term things and some are longer term things, but really it's just like this inner drive to that knows that my body and mind are directly correlated. And the more in shape, it doesn't have to be world-class, but the more in shape I keep my body, the clearer my mind is going to function. What do you think? Well, you know, we talked a little bit about my body image journey and on your podcast, and I've been thinking a lot about that since then. And I'm more content with my body than I've ever been. And I was thinking about why that is. And it's a couple reasons. One, I'm just at the weight I like to be at. But I've been five pounds thinner through some fairly unhealthy practices like 
exercise bulimia. And I know what that does to me and how I feel. And I'm not willing to do that again. And I've been five pounds more because I've, (laughs) you know, let things slip a bit. And I'm not willing to do that either. And I probably could be five pounds thinner in a healthy way if I was a lot more disciplined about my eating and my exercise and spent a lot more time in things like Pilates and stuff like that. But I'm not willing to make that shift either. I think that's going to place too much hardship on my business and the rest of my life. And so I think just finding contentment with the shifts that you're unwilling to make. (laughs) I know. And you know, this today, it's all about body positivity. You know, we have an intern right now who's 21. We were talking about, we have these high-rise styles coming, right? They're landing now, we're pushing them out, and high-rise is all the rage. And so we're a bunch of like 30, 40-year-old women, right? 30s and up to late 40s, and we're laughing and talking about like, well, it's about covering the hump, get it over the hump. Is it hump day when we're launching it? You know, we're making jokes about the hump. And um, meaning like just cover your belly, right? Get over the flab. And our intern, who is awesome, super smart, awesome woman. She's going to be a great leader someday. She's kind of watching us and listening. And at the end, we were like, what do you think? I would like to include, what do you, what do you think, Jenna? <laughs> and she's like, well, I don't really get the over the hump, why that's funny. She's like, you know, our, we just kind of are like, hey, you got a hump? Awesome. Go get a bikini on and go rock the beach in it. I got stretch marks. Come look at my stretch marks. It's like your body's your body. Yeah, there's a line between healthy and not healthy. But like if you're trying to be your best, why should you want to change that? So it's different. It's like I feel so glad that this new generation is is coming into like adulthood with more self-love than maybe we were taught about our bodies. I don't know. And you're younger than me. So you're kind of in between that. But I definitely think like I personally was at an age where we were told that, you know, being skinny or thin was better than not being skinny or thin. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so that idea of like trying to watch a number on a scale and make your body match it at all times in your life is sort of ingrained in us. But we change and we get older and our bodies change. And that number's gonna change, mm-hmm. right? So, and as you get older, older, we want that number to stay higher because you want more muscle. That's like a whole nother podcast about how do you how do you maintain your muscle as you get older? Because that's gonna th- be the thing that helps you live longer than anything is to keep up your strength. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Mm. It's such a good topic. I love it. <laughs> Well, I've been really trying to shed the language I wish because I think, you know, you really learn this as an entrepreneur, but you can achieve completely impossible things, but it's just a question of at what cost. And yeah, I could be thinner and have six pack abs, but what's the cost of that? And I could also be 300, 400 pounds and what's the cost of that? And just, I, I think life is much easier when you're just realistic about what it's going to take to achieve things and you just become content with what you're willing to do and what you're not. Yeah. And some people may say contentment is dangerous because where's the drive in that? But 
I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that because I think that if you're never content, are you really enjoying this life? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And it depends on who you're giving advice to. You know, most entrepreneurs are so obsessed with what they're doing that they forget to eat, sleep, and poop. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And those things need to all happen. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. But um, so, you know, going back to the topic of how to actually fit all this stuff in, do you multitask and do anything yeah. while you're working out? Um, yeah. And that's dangerous in general. Right. I mean, I think there's certain types of multitasking that can be totally effective, but when you have to focus on something, it's really hard to multitask. I mean, women are notoriously good multitaskers. That's what they say, right? We get a lot of stuff done, um, while I'm working out sometimes, but I try not to. The The kind of multitasking I do while working out that I love is when I have business meetings on the move. And, um, and that's usually while hiking because a lot of people, well, first of all, you know, I'm still a pretty good athlete. So it, it's hard. You have to put yourself at other people's paces, but sometimes like that's not even comfortable for you to go too slow. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't be able to have a lot of like bike ride meetings with people and have them be productive or safe. Um, but hiking meetings are awesome. And, uh, and we can get such good creative ideas out there. But my, my, um, I guess my experience is one person, maybe two. If you end up with a group of people, it's just kind of a shit show. Sorry, can I say that? You can say it. All right, it's explicit now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just too, it, it gets a little crazy. You can't hear each other and all that stuff. But yeah, you can have super meaningful connection multitasking while working out if you do it in the right way. And that's my favorite kind. I can't be on the phone making phone calls while running. No way. I've tried it. Um, other, you know, I don't know what else I could be doing out there except dreaming about the next thing. And I do that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about you? Do you multitask while you work? Oh out? gosh. Well, I've gone through phases of multitasking. So my favorite form like you is the business meeting over hiking or skiing. And, and actually there's a real business case for that. So I raised most of our merge lane fund from hiking and skiing meetings. And my close ratio for a hike or ski meeting is about 30% higher than my close ratio for a coffee meeting. That's amazing. Yeah. That's because they're so impressed by you. No, nah, I think it's more, <laughs> definitely not on the hike. Maybe skiing, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But it's more that they turn off their phones and they're in the moment and you have this opportunity to authentically connect over a shared passion and they give you more time because they're doing something that they enjoy but I went too far this is a, a lesson that I've learned because you know we both have addictive personalities but I went too far with the multitasking so so just a couple lessons learned there so I try to email while walking that sounds scary but there's some safe ways to do it if you have a gym with a indoor track with a slow lane that nobody's in, that is a perfect email walking route. <laughs> but I tried to do that a bunch on treadmills, which I actually mastered in a safe way. I'm not suggesting that anyone does this, but 
It gave me some bad neck and back problems, actually. Can't you just use the microphone thing? Talk into it and have it type out your email. Oh, gosh. I think it would be all jumbled. Yeah, Maybe, you'd have yeah. a lot of autocorrects. You'd have a lot of autocorrects. <laughs> and then I try to do some conference calls while walking, which does actually work if it's not windy. The wind is my bane of existence. But I figured something out that I haven't actually been able to take advantage of, but in case any of you can. So there's a treadmill made by Woodway that looks like a tractor tread. They're super quiet. People cannot hear the treadmill while you're on the call. That, I think, is the best form of, of multitasking. What about your breathing? Uh, well, I don't walk <laughs> that fast, you know. Tone it down a little bit. But something that I recently gave up is I used to do conference calls while stretching slash doing yoga. And while that is definitely better than not stretching at all, there's a lot of benefits to the breathing and stretching and again the mind clearing and I really was losing that so I do conference calls while stretching maybe like 50% of the time now instead of all the time or maybe not in yoga class <laughs> but no not in the yoga class although I if I could figure out a way to do that but you know just going back to the different periods in your life, there was a time that all of my exercise was multitasking exercise. And it was because I was in a really crucial point in my business. And I was either gonna not get a chance to work out at all, or multitask. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. So you squeeze it in, you make it a priority, you make it work. So, you know, life, as we've talked about, doesn't always go as planned. And you introduced the idea of the junk mile to me in our interview, which is those miles when you're just sort of shuffling it in and it's doing more harm than good. And we all have junk miles in our life, whether it's shuffling on your run or just getting sucked into Facebook. So how do you cut those junk miles and find more time? You know, I think um, I love the concept as an athlete and um, just to further maybe describe as an athlete, like, as a pro athlete, you have the luxury to do all the junk miles because it's your full-time job. But if you're an amateur athlete and you're working a full-time job and then you're trying to train for an Ironman, you do not have time for your extra one-hour ride on Friday to spin out your legs and that 30-minute swim we threw in on Wednesday to kind of shake out the lactic acid. You just don't have time for those. And so I think the big thing with junk miles is to maybe do a little personal junk mile inventory. So take a couple of days a week that are different kinds of days and sort of track the different things you're doing and write them all down, whether you realize you're doing them or not. You, you know, once you write them down, you're like, oh my God, I ju did just spend 47 minutes on Facebook doing nothing. It's one thing if you're actually managing your business Facebook account, <laughs> but when you just get sucked in looking at old boyfriends, see you later. I truly believe it comes down in our ADHD kind of world to eliminating the triggers and being disciplined. That's it. That's how you eliminate it. So if you know that you have your little email notifications, notifications are both like the devil and can be great. They're great if you actually need to see them, but they're not if they cause you to stop and look at every single thing that's coming in in the middle of a project. 
I read somewhere that it takes like 15 minutes to fully immerse in a project. So if you, it might actually have been 25 minutes. If you have 30 minutes to do something, you're really going to have five minutes of quality time doing it. So if you allow yourself, it still might be worth doing it in that 30 minutes, but if you allow yourself to get distracted throughout, there's no way it's going to be worthwhile. So I say discipline. There's small things you can do like turning off notifications, putting your phone on airplane like we did right now during this podcast so none of those things pop up and distract us from talking to each other. Like those are the things you need to do. Put yourself in a place where no little kid or annoying coworker is going to come up and talk to you about something that you don't have time for. When you do have time, put yourself in a place where they can find you. But if you have to be focused, focus. That's how I say you get rid of the junk miles. Hmm. I love that. And I think that's another good example of a benefit that fitting fitness in offers to your business. So because I take an hour away from my phone, I realize the benefits of staying focused and it causes me to be hyper efficient because it's something I really want to fit into my day. And and my best advice around that is, you know, just as Nicole said, do an inventory, but get really creative about the things you can outsource. Is there something that you could do once and create a process so that you never have to do it again? And I have shed some things that I never thought I could shed. Just one example is that I don't read anymore. (laughs) I consume all of my information audibly, which is why I love your podcast, Nicole. And, you know, like all good conversations, I, I wish this didn't have to end, but I normally ask venture capital related questions to wrap up this podcast. So I'd, I'd love to actually steal something from your playbook and ask your final question, which is, if you could give our listeners one piece of advice, one little nugget to run their world in a bigger and better way, what would that be? I would say that every day is the best day of your life. Every day is a chance to start it all over again. Look at the world in the way that you want to look at the world that day. You have a choice in how you do things. And no matter what flies at you, just remember to breathe and that every day is the best day no matter what happens. Mm. And one last thing. If I give you permission to be as boastful and to shamelessly plug as much as possible, what would you tell us about Skirt Sports? Oh, best women's brand on the market. We help women feel great in their bodies. We help women find happiness. That's all we want in this world. So come over and check us out at skirtsports.com. You won't regret it. Mm, You definitely won't regret it. All right. Thanks, all. Thanks for listening. If you like what you've heard, please take a minute to rate us on iTunes or share this episode. For more tips on how to be a better venture capitalist, you can check out our website at fund81.com. That's F-U-N-D-8-1.com. Until next time.